Good to see everyone here this morning. Um, as Carl was saying, I saw a lot of new faces come in, so if you're visiting with us for the first time, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Um, stop by our Connection Center out there. There's a free gift for you. So we just want to welcome you from the bottom of our hearts. So glad that you guys chose to be with us uh, on this Sunday morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Isaiah Yoder. I'm a youth volunteer here at Lifeline. I help out with worship. And I just have to say, we have been on summer break for how long? A month and a half, Brian, is that right? And man, I miss it. I'm so ready to get back, get back with our young people um, and do worship. With that being said, if you have anyone, um, if, you know, if you, if you know anyone that is of middle school age to high school age and could use uh, just lots of good Christian influences, um, great teachings, worship, food, games, anything like that, please, please tell the word to them. Bring them, uh, bring them to us. We would love to hang out with them. Um, someone used to tell me in my youth group long ago, like, you know, just go to whatever measures you have to to get kids here. If you have to tie them up and throw them in a van, get them here. They won't regret it. They'll be happy you did. We have such a great, uh, great time. We have great leaders here, uh, and I'm honored to be a part of that. So the last couple weeks, we've been going through this series called Legends, and today, sadly, is the last, last day we're going to be talking about uh, legends in the Bible. And I have had the privilege of giving not one but two messages in this series um, and it, it really has been an honor. Our, the other guys that have preached, Corey, Wes, you guys have done a phenomenal job. Um, so really, really enjoyed that. Last week, Corey shared about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how through their faith in God, God rescued them from the fiery furnace. And I think the main thing I got out of that um, was the fact that Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they said, even if God doesn't rescue us, we're still going to follow him, and we're still going to you know, obey his ways and, and do the right thing, uh, even if he doesn't rescue us. And I thought that was really powerful. Corey did a really good job with that. So this morning, we're going to talk about another legend named Peter. So up until now, um, if my memory serves correct, we've only talked about legends in the Old Testament of the Bible. The Bible is divided into the Old Testament and the New Testament. And all of our legends so far, and there have been some really good ones, have been in the Old Testament. Um, today, we're going to talk about a man, his name is Peter. He is from the New Testament, all right? Peter, his story is recorded in the first several books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and also into the book of Acts. Peter also wrote two books, First and Second Peter, uh, which comes later down the road in the New Testament. Um, but to set the stage and kind of a little backstory on Peter, Peter was a fisherman. He lived somewhat close to the area of Galilee uh, in the city of Capernaum. So if you put that picture up, this is the Sea of Galilee right here. Uh, this is the Mediterranean Sea. This is Israel. Um, Peter would have lived and grown up right here in Capernaum. His family was from there. His ancestors were from there, and that's where he was raised. I, I'm assuming he lived close to the sea because that's, that's where he made his living. The way people fished back then was a lot different than the way people fish today. They used nets instead of these fancy fishing reels that we use. Uh, and they also used sailboats made out of just wood instead of the fancy boats we see flying around on Lake Hartwell today. One defining thing about Peter, and as we're talking about him this morning, keep this kind of in the back of your head and just because you'll kind of see a pattern. But Peter, Peter was very, very impulsive. He did a lot of things very quickly. He reacted to things quickly. 
and he used a lot of emotions. And he also did it usually without thinking it through. He usually said things before he thought it through in pretty much any circumstance that came. One day, Peter had an encounter with a man named Jesus that would change his life forever. This encounter is recorded in Luke 5, 1 through 11, and it reads like this. One day, Peter was standing by the lake of Genereset. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. So just kind of picture this. Jesus is on a hillside. He's teaching a large crowd and they start to close in on him. These people were fascinated by what Jesus had to say. The crowd closes in on Jesus and he looks over and down by the water there's some fishermen. They're cleaning their nets. They had been out, they had been out all night fishing. He goes down to him. And this is, what, this is what the Bible tells us. Let's see, where are we at here? All right. When he finished speaking, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, and now Simon's name would later be changed to Peter. He said, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. As I said earlier, the way people fished back then was a lot different than we might think or imagine. They would usually go out at night when it was cooler, and they'd throw their nets into the shallow parts of the lake and bring the fish in. So when Jesus asked them to do this, they probably thought he was crazy. They had been out all night, and they had not caught a single thing. If I were in these guys' shoes... And I had been out all night with maybe one of my brothers and some other friends, and we hadn't caught a thing. I would, not, I would be in no mood. I'd be wanting to pack up and go home as soon as possible. I know how it feels to get skunked, and it's just it's not fun. It was already morning when Jesus came down to him. The sun was out. It was warming up. It was getting hot. But when Peter said that, when, when Jesus told Peter that, Peter said, because you say so, I will let down the nets. And I wonder if Peter didn't kind of do this in a hurry. Like, y'all just throw the nets out. Let's get this over with. I want to go home. But verse 6, verse six <clears throat> says this. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so, that, so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he has taken all his companions were astonished. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything they had, and they followed him. So I have a clip I want to show you guys this morning. It's from The Chosen. How many of you guys have seen The Chosen, the TV show? Just by a show of hands. All right. So The Chosen is a TV show pretty much that's centered around Jesus. Now, it's not, you know, it, it is a TV show, so they fill in a couple gaps. 
But I love The Chosen so much because, especially for my generation, it gives us a really, really good visual picture of, of the realness and the authenticity of the disciples and Jesus and how they interacted. Um, so I, we, my family, we love watching The Chosen. And if you haven't seen it, it's free. You should go watch it sometime. It's great. But this is a clip from The Chosen. It's called The Miraculous Catch. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word. brother and the baptizer <laughs> you are the lamb of god yes i am depart from me i am a sinful man you don't know who i am the things i've done don't be afraid simon i'm sorry we, we've waited for you for so long we believe but my faith how sorry Lift up your head, fisherman. 
Lord, for anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. as well. Yes, you, James and John, come, follow me. I love this video so much. You just, you get excited watching it. The music too, just always makes me smile. Another reason I really, really love this video, I think it represents, you can just kind of see in the characters, how Peter's whole life would change after that incredible encounter with Jesus. First, Jesus revealed himself to Peter, and then he invited him to come follow him. The Bible says that day that Peter left everything he had, and he followed Jesus. Jesus told him, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Jesus kind of got right into Peter's arena. Peter had known fishing his whole life. He lived and breathed to fish, much like myself. But Jesus said, hey, come with me, and I'll make you fish for people. This brings me to ask you all this this morning. If you've had an encounter with Jesus, maybe it was at a young age, maybe it was just recently, but regardless, Are you doing whatever it is you're doing right now in life to point people to Jesus? Are you doing it for him, for his glory? This is something I have a hard time with. I can let work situations, difficult people, day-to-day things that just drive me crazy, I can let that drag me down instead of seeing that as an opportunity to show Jesus to people. On a normal day, how many people do you come in contact with? Do you ever think about how many of those people might be lost and hopeless, going through something hard? How many of those people's lives would be radically changed if they knew that there was someone that loved them enough to die for them? Imagine if we were to show up to our jobs tomorrow morning and make it our goal that anyone who comes in contact with through our actions and how we hold ourselves, we're going to point them to Jesus and to the character that he, he showed us. You know, it starts in the small things. Last week, one of the things Corey said was when we, all, when we leave here and we all go hit Los Amigos, do we treat the servers like they're the special people they are, like they're made in the image of God and that they're valuable? I hardly ever stop to think about that. Now, I'm sure there's someone here thinking to themselves, yeah, that's great, but it's not for me. I would love to love people on a daily basis and share Jesus through every opportunity I have, but I have way too many struggles on my own. You, should, you don't even know the things I dealt with last week before I walked through these doors. I don't think God can use me right yet. If that's you this morning, I want to tell you that's a lie. That is a lie from the devil. And here's my point in all this. Just like Peter, 
you're not called to be perfect. You're just called to follow. You weren't chosen because you're good enough right now. You were chosen to follow the one who is good enough right now. You were called to give Jesus your heart and as he walks beside you in life, let him change it. When Jesus called Peter, he didn't call him to be perfect. He just looked at him and he said, Peter, follow me. Peter, even after this crazy encounter with Jesus, he still made mistakes. He was still human. He was still that impulsive, passionate young guy that was quick to act off of his emotions. And also his faith, his faith wasn't perfect either. And there's another story in Matthew chapter 14 that kind of gives us a good look at this. And a little bit of a backstory uh, on this passage. Jesus had just finished an incredible miracle. So Peter had watched him perform a miracle. He fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. He told his disciples, Peter was one of them, to get into the boat and to go across the lake and to meet him on the other side. Jesus went up on the mountainside to pray. So the disciples get in their boat and they begin to cross the lake. All of a sudden, the winds pick up, the waves start crashing, the rain starts falling, and they begin to freak out. All of a sudden, Jesus comes toward them and he's walking on the water. The Bible says this, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they cried. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied. There he is again, first one to speak up. Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he asked, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So Peter, even though he was in Jesus' inner circle, he had just seen Jesus perform a miracle, feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Peter grew afraid when he stepped out of the boat. You know, he was fine at first. The Bible actually says he did walk on water. He, he put one foot out. I just see him touching it, and then he kind of looks. He steps out. And he looks down, and he's walking on the water right towards Jesus. And then maybe a wave kind of crashes over here, and it kind of catches his attention. Or, or so the wind grows and starts howling even louder. And he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And right when that happens, he begins to sink. He cries out in fear. 
could Jesus not have just let him sink and let him learn a lesson? Did he have to go over there and rescue him? Did he just sit back and watch him as Peter was sinking, crying for help? The Bible says immediately Jesus reached out his hand and rescued him. I love the Bible gives us that detail that Jesus actually reached out his hand and rescued Peter. This gives me such an amazing image. This is a picture that used to hang on my wall in high school. And if you look really, really closely, there's a smile on Jesus' face. The wind is blowing, the waves are crashing. Peter was drowning for help, and Jesus is just there with a smile on his face, reaching down to help him out. Peter wasn't perfect, but Jesus used him in spite of his flaws. A couple of chapters later, in the book of Matthew, Jesus walks up to his disciples, and this is what he asks them. He says, who do people say the Son of Man is? In other words, he's saying, who do the people that you guys have bumped into, who do they say that I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say you're Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. I think in this moment, Jesus leaned in real close to his 12 guys, and he just looks at him and he says, what about you? Who do you say I am? Someone want to guess who was the first one to speak up and open his mouth? Peter, I think he just leaned forward and he looks at Jesus. He says, you, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. Right there in front of his friends, in front of his peers, he was unashamed. He had seen enough. He declared Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Peter was full of passion all of his life. He had an encounter with Jesus and Jesus didn't take all that passion away from Peter. He just taught Peter how to use it for the glory of God. And I know this is true because in Acts chapter 2, Peter gives this powerful, powerful sermon. It's basically the first real sermon ever given in the Bible besides Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. But it's kind of the pattern of how we preach today. All right, Peter was the first one to give this powerful, powerful sermon. Uh, And he, he starts off by telling the good news of Jesus. Then he talks about how in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on everyone. And that the earth is one day going to fade away. And then then he makes this statement. And I think that as Peter was about to say this, I think his mind went back to when he walked on the water. And he looked away. Jesus came to rescue him. But he makes this statement to these people that are out on the hillside he's preaching to. He says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 3,000 people came to Jesus that day when Peter gave that message. When Peter died years and years later, we are told by people that have gone before us that Peter was executed upside down on a cross because he believed he wasn't worthy to be executed the same way that his Savior was. Up until death, Peter declared that Jesus was Lord and he glorified God in doing so. I want that. I want that passion. 
And I want that for every person sitting here this morning. Because in your obedience to follow Jesus, when you feel that call, you get to be a part of incredible moves of God. And usually those incredible moves of God start in the small everyday instances when we practice obedience. God is a God that calls us out of the boat, out of what's comfortable, out of what's known in our lives. And he calls us to do great things in spite of our flaws and our mistakes and the things that make us human. I encourage you this morning to let him walk beside you exactly where you're at. Don't think to yourself that you have to, you have to be at a certain place spiritually <clears throat> or a certain place in your walk with God to serve, to obey him. All it takes is us opening up and letting him walk beside you as a friend into the places that he has already prepared for you to walk through. Still today, some 2,000 years later, after Jesus walked on this earth, he's still asking you the very, very same thing he asked his disciples. Follow me. And my question for you guys, are we willing to have that faith to step out in obedience and let him do the rest? Pray with me. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for bringing each of us out here safely. Thank you for the worship that we are able to have. Thank you for the willingness of all the people that come here on Sunday mornings and are willing to serve. I pray that if there's anyone in here, God, that feels like they're just not quite good enough yet to follow you, to obey you, and to what you've called them, God, I pray that you will just make yourself known to them, Father. Give them the willingness to obey you, Father. I pray that they'll have faith to step out into the unknown and let you walk beside them. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Bless everyone here. Bring us back safely next week. In your name, amen.